Welcome back to the world's favorite bracket. The only bracket that matters. hey This is a podcast about our 64 favorite movies. We have them battle it out to see which movie will reign supreme. We banter, we bicker, we battle Star Galactica. And on today's show, we have Rain Man versus the Shawshank Redemption. So, I have a little funny story to tell. Please. That I just found out last night. So... I decided to look at the bracket because uh-huh. I wanted to get ready for the when I released the episode to give it to you so you can put it up on the Twitter feed so okay. everybody can see it. And I noticed that we were doing Shawshank versus Rain Man. For some reason, I thought we were doing Shawshank versus Rounders. So those are the two movies that I watched. So I didn't get to see Rain Man this fucking week. <laughs> and that's so, our producers, everybody. <laughs> So last night... So we never named him. <laughs> so last night, I tried watching Rain Man. I think I got like 30 minutes into it. Oh, and yeah. I was, like, I was like, I need to get some sleep because I'm not going to be able to survive tomorrow. Yeah, because oh, yeah, you stayed up late for the fights. Yeah, so if, if it's like a... If it's a tie, the the next the winner is going to be announced next week. God damn next it. Next episode. <laughs> what? It's for sure going to be a tie, though. What? Oh, oh no. All right, let's absolutely a tie. Let's start it. All right, so uh, we're we're recording on October sixth, seventh. So we're in the aftermath of the Khabib and Connor fight last night. Um, that'll be left for the talk it out section later on in the show. Um, this week in bracket news, we have presidential alert. We have the bracketeers, DC movie review, movie news, the Venom review, the Mandalorian. And anything else that pops up into our head towards the end of the show. A lot to talk about this week. A lot to talk about this week. It almost sounds like we're prepared this time. And football starts in an hour, so let's stop fucking around. (laughs) In the blue corner, movie was released in 1998 from director Barry Levinson, starring Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise. This movie won Oscars for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Dustin Hoffman, Best Writer, and Best Writing... For a screenplay directly written for screen. Weighing in at 2 hours and 13 minutes, Rain Man. And in the red corner. This movie was released in 1994 from director Frank Darabout. Starring Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman. This movie won no Oscars, but was nominated for 7. Weighing in at 2 hours and 22 minutes, The Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> when, did you, when did you first see Rain Man? Dude, I saw Rain Man... I don't know. I was probably in 10 years old. And I immediately connected with the movie. And that's because I also had family with with uh, with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so just seeing the battle um, that that you have to you have to do with yourself and with that other person really really connected in a in, in a in a powerful feel for me. What about you? Producer, when did you first not watch Rain Man? Uh, I watched Rain Man for the first time last night at <laughs> two in the morning. Wow! But didn't finish it. And keep in mind, everybody, we took a two-week hi- hiatus. <laughs> yeah. So. I, well, I watched Rounders. <laughs> <laughs> so in Rounders, Matt Damon. What are we? <laughs> um, all right. So first time I watched Rain Man was for the bracket uh, last week. Um, I put it on Twitter. <laughs> What's the excuse? <laughs> uh, I think 
for my my most memorable moments, my my initial like thoughts on on Rain Man was uh, I couldn't get Robert Downey Jr. out of my head from Tropic Thunder. Okay, keep going. Because in in Tropic Thunder, he has this big breakdown to Ben Stiller's character, who who played the 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 dumber character in Simple Jack, right. and he says. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, like he does that line, and every time Dustin Hoffman's on screen doing something like a little bit like on the spectrum, I'm thinking about Robert Downey Jr.'s joke in my head. So I shouldn't have watched Tropic Thunder first, honestly. That's hilarious. <laughs> I need to give Rain Man another shot. Um, and there's um, just there's so many Rain Man references everywhere. Yeah, there are. Um, actually, one of the and I know you guys don't listen to this type of music, but one of Tyga's song actually. I'm not a big fan oh, of Tyga. I know Tyga. that song. Yeah, do you? No. Okay, I do. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of him either, but one of his latest songs, he mentions Rain Man. He's like, call me Rain Man because I'm the three, $3 million dollar man or something like that. And I thought it was freaking hilarious. That's cool. That's so cool. There, there's a lot of Rain Man references That's pretty cool. up to date. Yeah. Um, what were some of your favorite moments dating back to uh, the first time you watched it and then coming back to now? Um... Back then, it was the who's on first. I thought it was the mo- the funniest thing ever. Did you get that out of the movie? The who's on first, uh, what's on second, everybody's on third or something like that? Yeah, it was his it's, like way of like trying to calm him down, right? Yeah, well, it was a show back in the 80s. Um, a baseball player's last name was who? Um, I, Got I, it. So okay. they were like, who's on first? The other person was like, that's what I'm asking. And it was just a joke kind of play on words thing. Um, that they did. I, I knew a lot of a lot of people probably don't know that reference nope, from back in the eighties, but that's basically the joke. Okay. Um, something relatable now. Um, I think my favorite scene is when he finds out he only got the roses in the car, and he throws the fit, saying, uh, "Why would I be mad? I, I got the roses. I got everything I wanted." I thought that was freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I thought his introduction to Dustin Hoffman's character. Uh, not, I think it's Raymond. Um, mm-hmm. When he's sitting in the car and he's like getting all comfortable in the car, and, and Raymond says to him, he goes, "Oh yeah, it's it's they changed the interior on there." Mm-hmm. And he's looking around. And he goes, "No, they didn't." He goes, "Oh yes, they, yes, they did. did." Yeah. How do you know this car? Like yes. that was really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the scene in Vegas where it's basically like every movie stolen from since this movie. I'm, I'm assuming because mm-hmm. this came out in '88, yes. but like the movie '21 looks like they stole directly from that scene. And then also the Hangover with yeah. um, Zach Galifianakis' scene. Um, super well. I didn't even think about that till just now. Um, Zach Galifianakis makes a joke in yeah. The Hangover. Yeah, there's so many. He practically references. did it. He was practically retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Best quotes. Best quotes. Oh, dude, there's so many. Um, trust me. I, I um something that I wanted to say before. Best quotes was this movie and Top Gun are the only reasons why I like Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible. Last Samurai. Eh. Oh, Last Samurai. Last Fuck, Samurai is that's super like good. my one of my favorite movies. Okay, yeah. three movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last Samurai is super good. Yeah, I think I think I added it on this podcast, or did we? We tried to, but it wasn't going to make it because as much as I like it, it is a very very long movie. Yeah, it's it has, like three hours yeah. long. I watched it in school and fell asleep, and I love the movie. So like, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, any anything else moment wise you you feel like you need to mention? I mean. For favorite moments, I'll probably just mention the whole movie. This is how how much I love this movie. So let's just keep it to a couple, to a handful. Um, Vegas I, scene you said was great. It's yeah, a, you know, me and you play poker, so I know that was one of our probably most relatable. 
I kept anticipating seeing like the the newer age movies. Like you you saw the 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 cameraman mm-hmm. like start to hone in on Tom Cruise and, and Dustin Hoffman. Like you really thought there was going to be a but, like a breakdown or. Mm-hmm. In, in newer movies, there for sure would have yeah, been the sure. crackdown. Yes. They would have been brought in. They would have beat the pulp out of them. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I kept waiting for that kind of like on edge being like, wait a minute, this is not the same movie as these other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very different to watch. Um, is there any plot holes or, or flaws that you can think of? Um, probably not a plot hole, but uh, deep down in me, I really wanted it for them to stay together. Yeah. As a, you know, as a brotherly, but... So things uh, you could change. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I do understand that, you know, it, it, it can't be done. You know, he has he he has his things, and Raymond really needs special needs. So oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really think it could really work out, even if they really tried. Well, it can work out, but, you know, it would it would be tough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely one thing when I was watching it. Seeing, like, the transformation that Tom Cruise is having, and, like, I'm always... One to notice character development from the beginning of the movie to the end, but Tom Cruise was such a dirtbag at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. I had a little bit of a hard time believing he came around full circle, and now he's like this loving guy who's going to try to sacrifice everything for his brother. I mean, had he known his brother before and and been a dirtbag, and maybe I could believe it, but just the fact that he met him a week ago and now he's willing to sacrifice everything to try to make it yes. his way, I didn't necessarily buy. Not to say the movie didn't do it the right way. I just maybe it's because it's Tom Cruise, and I'm just like. Seeing him as other characters, mm-hmm. I couldn't separate it. Um, um, I wanted to talk about a little more about that ca- character development because you also see it from Raymond's side. When you start, he doesn't want to get touched. He doesn't. He doesn't respond back if you talk to him. He's very um, secluded. Yeah. Um, and as as they connect, you know, they have the, he he's able to get jokes. He's able to um, you know, he hugs them. He's able to dance with them, mm-hmm. which is a lot of things that you 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 actually are almost not able to do with right. somebody who has autism and I thought that was that was actually a, a very good thing for them to put in the movie of how not only Tom Cruise grows as a character but also Raymond as as this autistic um, character mm-hmm. what about the uh, the actress that plays as like Tom Cruise's girlfriend she's like some foreign she actress, is but she she plays like almost the voice of reason at the beginning where she says to to uh, Tom Cruise's character Charlie, like you're using him to try to get the money, and like she mm-hmm. just felt gross about it. But at the end of the movie, like she's in the elevator, like dancing with him, and mm-hmm. I felt super weird with that because I didn't understand like what her motive was at that point. I think her motive was more of a of trying to give give Raymond a date since he was pretty let down that the other girl never showed up. So I think uh, it was a, kind of a mini date where he actually danced with a girl and actually okay. got to kiss a girl. That's was, where I, that's why I took. I was thinking much more dark with that, and I thought she was just trying to find her way in and, and to, to make to it, the like, to the million yeah, dollars so she to the three start, million dollars. Like, so she no. could start doing like her end of of the. Not every the girl's con. a gold digger, Rich. I'm still upset about Forrest Gump. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a very good connection, actually. <laughs> uh, as for the cast overall. What do you think about the casting of Dustin Hoffman? Usually a comedic character, it. and he's playing like this super he, touched individual. He's another character that does. Um, how do you how do you put this? Not not very easy roles to play. Uh, I mean, if I if I had to play somebody like like Raymond, I don't think I would pull it off as much as he did with you know with 
I don't know. That's a tough role for sure. But he he's he usually comes as the comic relief or or like the the buddy in the movie. He never plays the like he's never had a role like this unless mm-hmm. I'm forgetting something. Yeah. Um, I thought he did really well. Tom Cruise for the time he was like the superstar mm-hmm. of '88. Yeah. So I mean, just another movie to continue to build his resume on. Um, I think his dad. I can't remember what, who who played the character's dad, but I don't think they ever mentioned him. They only mentioned him in letters. Okay. You talking about who am I thinking of then? There's a, there's like the older character. That oh, maybe it was the lawyer or. Um, you're talking about the one that was taking uh, care of um Raymond and, and um Ballbrook or Hallbrook or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Um, I just remember like whoever the the connection was between those three. Yeah, he was um, basically the guy in charge of that facility. Okay. Soundtrack. I didn't. Notice I did it notice at all. it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't notice it at all. Wow. I did Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for Rain Man? I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw I'm, it in the I'm credits. I was like, oh. Slightly ashamed. I was like, I can, I can bring that up if I, if I finish this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Slightly ashamed. Um, anything you missed the first time that you caught now? Oh, no, dude. I've seen this movie way too many times for me to miss anything. Okay. Um, yeah, well, you, this is your first time seeing it? Yeah, it's my first time seeing it. Um, I think I felt uneasy a few times because... You know, it makes people uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. people struggle. Yes. So, like, the, the fire alarm scene where he's just trying to make a piece of toast and, you know, the most mundane task for a normal individual, and mm-hmm. you put them on the spectrum and it's, like, this impossible task. It's very tough to watch because you just feel for them and you know you can't do anything to fix their problems. So, like, as somebody who always wants to make people happy, mm-hmm. seeing that you can't, like, just carry them yeah. to happiness really is a, is an uncomfortable watch for me. Um not, not really anything I missed, but just, you know. What uh, makes this movie special for you, other than your first point that you got I, I, I want to say that it's it's an eye-opener for a lot of people that think that maybe... Some people don't even know what aut- autism is in this day and age, but um, more think, than that... I think it's coming around, though. It, yeah, but, like, some people don't don't understand the needs of, of, an, of an autistic yeah. and, and the struggle, and I think this is, this is a movie where it hits it on the head of... You just you just have to be patient, and it's it's not their fault, and they're not really there. They're you know mm-hmm. they they have their own their own little world, and and it's it's just tough for somebody to connect in there. Another part I forgot is that his, his like mathematician oh, brain. Oh my that's god, super how cool can, to think about. How can we miss that? It's, yeah, he's all, he should be part of the X Men for sure. That's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the things I he's always super thought. Super good at math. <laughs> just does their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Shawshank. Reference. Yeah, there you go. that's hilarious. Um, so making this movie, separating this and, and what makes it special to put it in the bracket, I'd say Hoffman's character as Raymond. Um, the story overall is is an interesting little journey, coming of age tale for older people. Mm-hmm. Um, the character development that Tom Cruise's character has. Um, yeah, that's it for me though. Yeah. Um, as for funny moments, scary moments, I, I said the fire Toaster alarm scene. scene. Yeah, that's, that's um, the only scene that really... Puts me on edge. Funny moments. There was a couple. I remember like literally laughing out loud in the movie. I can't. I can't pick them out right now. Though. That I'm not really wearing short um, boxers. I thought that was. Funny. That was funny. That's a good point. Yeah, I laughed at that. Um, what do you mean you're not wearing boxers? <laughs> by mine at Kmart. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, who's your favorite cast member? Hoffman for sure. Okay. Um, would you like t- any nominations for Goldblum? Imagine no. if we just uh, find Jeff Goldblum's address and we just send him. Here's all the people who won your award. 
Oh, oh this is, this is weird. Up. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be here for the next episode. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Um, anything else I missed? No, I think we, we hit everything. Keep in mind, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Writer, and Best Writing for a screenplay directly written for screen, which is the dumbest wording of an award ever. So that means it was originally based on a book. Mm-hmm. Was it? Wow, I didn't, I didn't even know that. It would have to be, right? A screenplay written directly for screen? I mean, it has to be based off of something that they had to change it into this. It means that it was originally made for to be a movie. No, Yeah, it's just the wording. Sometimes a lot of people on movies would write just screenplay written by whatever. Mm-hmm. Another t- other, other, other few times people would write written directly for screen. Okay. Which is just, it's just another way of saying it's just written for, for so, movies. I can check to see if it's uh, based on a book. If it's, if I don't it, think it is. If it wins for original screenplay, that it's an original idea. If yeah. it wins for adapted screenplay, that means That's it's based, a, based on, on a book. Okay. Something else. So it didn't win for either of those. So who knows? Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, what what I was trying to say is like the Oscars have like these whole movie categories mm-hmm. and all these movies that only a few handful of people watch, like those animated movies that win, and like some of the movies that win for Best Picture. I've still never seen The Artist. Like mm-hmm. I just have zero interest to watch it, but. Kind of nice. Sorry. What is it? It's kind of it's kind of like a nice movie to watch. Really? Yeah. All right. Just, just like one of those days, if you're like, if it's like a rainy day and you're not really doing anything, you just watch it because there's still really no dialogue. It's just yeah, just nothing but action. Um, but they have they have awards now that you can't even understand what the movie is getting the award for. Mm-hmm. Best screenplay for a movie written directly for screen. Thank, th- thanks, Academy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, any last thoughts you wanted to have about Rayman? movie's great that's all i have to say he didn't even see it it's gonna be really tough to try to argue who the winner is this better not oh fuck that's not even a i won't even he he screwed us fucking producer all right so moving on to shawshank um the one of the things i said in the intro was that it was nominated for seven oscars but it didn't win one and to me that's shocking so what i did after i saw that number was i looked at the winners in 1994, it was the year Jurassic Park was released, The Lion King was released, um, Forrest Gump was released, and Shawshank. Guess what? Shit. None of those four won the Oscar either. Who won it? Schindler's List. What? Yeah. So Schindler's List can take a lap for me. Yeah. Like, to me, Jurassic Park wins over Schindler's List. Shit, Lion King Lion King wins, wins over, over Schindler's shit. List. Um, and then for We best... almost added Lion King here, too. Yeah, we were close. Um, for Best Actor, it was Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, so another huge movie mm-hmm. for Tom Hanks. And then um, for Best Supporting Actor in 1994 was Tommy Lee Jones for The Fugitive. And to me, Morgan Freeman in Shawshank can, literally is so much better than The Fugitive by like himself in Shawshank. Like, not that The Fugitive's a bad movie, but mm-hmm. keep it real, Tommy Lee Jones does not deserve that Oscar. <laughs> Damn, that's interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, that was just some of the, the few that I, like, the initial one I had a problem with was the Best Supporting Actor, because to me, Morgan Freeman, above all else, deserves an Oscar for his role in, in Shawshank. Um, so when, when did you first see it? Probably a couple years back. Not that far ago, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, and I probably... Since the days? Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Okay. I want to say I've seen it probably four times, counting the one for, for the matchup. Okay. I like I like the movie, but I, I wouldn't even put it in my top ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
a little long for me. It is. That's a what she long. said. And uh, I, I, I felt like it was it was two movies in one. Um, the first when he's kind of dealing with this this rape thing was was a whole movie for me. And once he got beat yeah, up, and then, yeah, and, the then, and, and then you have a, a whole other with with the the person in charge and him doing taxes and yeah, and so like yeah, for me, I was clear act breakdowns. Yeah, 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 and I just I just didn't like that. I I I felt like it it needed to be a little better constructed for me. More rushed. Not not more rushed. It just felt like okay, this this antagonist left. Let's just put another one kind of thing and I get it it's jail you're gonna be there for a long time and you're gonna get different people that don't like you I just I just felt that's a movie it it felt be- really really dissected of this is over okay. let's find you the next problem to deal okay. with I don't know it's producer what was your uh, first take on watching Shawshank I watched Shawshank for the first time last week what the fuck is wrong with you I'm really bad but I really enjoyed it. Who invited this guy? There's a lot of references that I've seen throughout the years that, like... The Monopoly Man on... on. Yeah. There was another <laughs> scene, I think... I think it was from Family Guy. Yeah. Where they throw a rock at a poster, and it's, I think it was, like, a girl bending over, and the guy, like, sticks his finger <laughs> and, like, rips the, the poster. So it was kind of like, oh, I, I remember that part from Family Guy. And I think there was another reference from Family Guy where Peter does the whole like um puts a record and then puts it on a speakerphone and then everybody I kind of remember that um, but it felt it felt a little long Mm -hmm. for me there was like some points where it was like really slow um there were some parts where I did feel like very uncomfortable only because I have a fear of rape like no. Oh. <laughs> we all have a fear of rape, Francisco. <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> being, <Rape>? fal- <laughs> being falsely accused of a crime yes. that didn't commit. Yes, I agree. That was, because the whole time when he kept saying, like, I didn't do it, I was like, I believe him. Like, I felt like I, like, I mm-hmm. you connected with him. Yeah. And then just, like, when you got the, the kid's perspective, I've been telling the story, like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he for sure didn't do it. But just the idea of how long. He was like he's been in there. He was in there for, and mm-hmm. like he couldn't do anything about it. I mean, he got his revenge, but either way, that's just like that was your whole life, mm-hmm. kind of just like. But it, it was still. I think I still left kind of like. Like I like the ending. Oh yeah, I don't was, like the ending. Really, and and it's, I'm sorry that I'm. But for, for me, it's if if I already knew who killed my wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she was cheating. But now that I think about that, I guess my whole point kind of crumbles. I'm still sticking with it. If 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 somebody killed my wife, I would still he he put me in jail though. That's the thing. I would still find a way to 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 get back at him instead of just going to uh, I don't know some tropical islands in in South America. Right, but you realize if he if he in uh, not revenge, but like if if he came in contact with that guy again and hurt him, he goes right back to jail. Yeah, the guy's mm-hmm. already in jail. The other guy? Yeah. I don't he was think in jail. he is. Well, he was, he was in jail when he told the when, other boy. Um, yeah. I cannot remember that guy's name right now, but he told the, the young kid. The one that got shot, basically. I want to say Johnny, but I can't remember, I remember the guy's name. Um, but he was in jail when he told him that. So 
it, either way how this story goes, if he finds him later on in life and kills him or hurts him or whatever happens, he's still going back to jail. This whole thing is like he doesn't want to go to jail for the wrong crime. And I mean, he did climb out of a, of a shit pipe for, for a mile just to go back to jail. So I, I get your point. And he did like make a hole with a tiny pickaxe yeah. for almost 20 years. Yeah, he worked pretty hard to not just get thrown right back in. Yeah, I see your point. <laughs> I mean, uh, he made a, a new social security... A birth certificate? Yeah, he did. I don't even like just to waste it, like just to <laughs> just to like hit the guy in the kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I like the ending because you, you kind of I think for being stuck in a prison for that long, you kind of get your peace. Yeah. So. And I, I like the yeah. line he gives to Red later on in the movie where he goes, "I was a I was a straight laced guy on the outside, and here I had to be mm-hmm. get to prison, become a criminal." Yeah. But. Um. I first saw Shawshank probably 10 years ago and immediately fell in love with it. The, yeah. the score in movies is always what carries me and like the Shawshank score, you can hear it anywhere and you know exactly where it is. Um, memorable moments all the way through and it's, it's just a great tale of like being at literal rock bottom, going to prison for a crime you didn't commit to, being free with your best friend out in Mexico. Just, it's a pretty cool story. It's not Mexico, you're racist, but whatever. It was Mexico. <laughs> it was not Mexico. Where was it? It was South America. Don't know where, but I'm not gonna... It was in South America. Well, he crossed the border through Mexico, so... Wow. It? <laughs> it's yeah, all South after Because that. everybody that crosses the border through Mexico is automatically Mexican. Thank you, Rich. Well, I mean, if you cross the border to get to Mexico, everyone will be Mexican. Facts. Best moments of the movie? Tell that to Donald Trump. Um, I don't know it. <laughs> best quotes of the, um, he texted me though. I was yes, he texted me too. We're like BFFs now. Did anybody reply? I'm kind of mad because he didn't text me. Well, we know what that means. Yeah, somebody we're gonna need a new producer, everybody. Somebody give me. Somebody give me. <laughs> Please send your resume. <laughs> um, what was some of your favorite moments from Shawshank? Um, obviously when they find out he dug that hole and they just yeah. like you mentioned he throws that rock. Yeah. Um. Another memorable moment is just how you see how they get how they sneak everything inside. Yeah, those are cool. I, I thought that was that was that was awesome. I think every line that Morgan Freeman says in this movie is complete gold. Yeah. Where like Andy comes up to him and he goes like, "Hey, I've heard you can you're the guy to go to to get things." And he's like, "I've been known to find some peace from time to time." Like mm-hmm. just every line he yeah. says is like the coolest line of all time. Um, his, his narration from like beginning to end in 1994. I mean, it was a much bigger deal than it is now because now you see him narrating March of the Penguins and all these other silly movies. Mm-hmm. But when when he wasn't as established as an actor, like this movie is such a good role because it separates him from everybody. He's now he's Morgan Freeman. Everybody knows who he is. He's in mm-hmm. every movie. But it was him as the supporting character in this movie to me is great. What happened to Tim Robbins? I just I haven't seen he him. He's in any... Mystic River. He uh, has another great movie with um I cannot. Uh, it's called like Risk It All or something like that. With I can't remember his name. He's still around, but he... he's uh, but he's he was also in Top Gun. Since yeah. we were talking about it earlier, um, with Martin Lawrence, Risk It All with Martin Lawrence. It's, Nobody it's, watched that movie. It's another. <laughs> it's I liked it. It's another heist movie where. For some reason, it's kind of like the same thing as, as Shawshank. They think he's he's this uh, 
this this outlaw not outlaw but he basically robs where he works okay um with martin lawrence they get into this this safe box that has a lot of it's it's, it's funny trust me martin lawrence i don't know if you're a big fan but I, I like the movie and it's another movie you should check it out if you if you like uh he's been in a few movies he was in uh, anchorman that's right he was in anchorman War well he World. just made like the, the guest appearance yeah was he hmm. yeah or the worlds oh yeah he was the guy with the bunker yeah in War of the worlds another tom cruise movie weird Tenacious D, and then the last movie that I see that I've... How old is he now? Old as fuck. He was in Green Lantern. <laughs> That's what happened to him. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, that was not his last movie, but he's 59. The last good movie he did, I think, was Mystic River. That movie's oh, super good. His birthday's coming up. When's his birthday? October, we might. October 16th. Huh. We might send him a happy birthday. Tim Robbins. Well, I mean, well, I'm not going to nominate Tim him for Robbins. anything, but he was definitely good in this movie. <laughs> Um, I think uh, the another great moment is is like uh, producer said. I almost dropped name drop, but uh, the scene inside the the warden's or not maybe it's not the warden's room, but like the uh, I think it was warden's office where he played the record on the speaker for everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the warden's office. The record. The record where he like the locks the door. Yeah. Locks the the, the cop inside the bathroom and then plays plays a record on the audio speaker so everybody can listen to it. And Morgan Freeman was like, I don't understand what that lady was saying, but I would hope it was something relaxing or something like that. Something beautiful. Yeah. You didn't watch Shawshank either. I did. I just don't so, remember that. So thing. he he's writing letters to the state asking for money for his library, right? Uh-huh. And they finally drop off like a bunch of crates of books. And one of the cops makes the joke. He goes, oh, now you finally have to stop writing him the letters. And he goes, I'm just going to send him two letters now. And the cop's like, all right, well, I'm going to go take a piss. So he goes to the bathroom, and the other cop leaves. Or the, the you know, yeah. the okay. social workers, whatever. And then he locks the door to the to the office and then locks the cop inside the bathroom, sets up the record player he just got from the state, and puts on, like, uh, some Italian ladies. Like, like opera. Some like opera. opera. And he puts it on with the speaker to the whole prison. And just sits back and relaxes in his chair. I don't remember that Jesus, at all. Fuck. Really? So the, the so the warden shows up. Scene. Yeah. The, so the warden Maybe shows I want up. To make a sandwich. I don't know. So the warden shows up with the uh, with Captain Hadley, I think his name was, and the warden's like, "You shut that music off. You shut that music off, Andy." And Andy just sits there like he knows he's already getting a beating, so he just like sits back and chills mm-hmm. and so turns up the volume. Yeah, because. You know he's locked up. What's the worst they can do? Put him mm-hmm. in prison. So right. Yeah. So they break the the door down. They take the record off and they put him in the hole for like a week, I think. Well, he was in the hole for like four times. So I yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. But he goes to the hole and then when he gets out, all the guys are at the table and they and they go, "Was it worth it?" Was it worth it? And he goes, "Yeah." And they go, "Well, did they get did they let you bring the music player in there with you?" And he's like, "No, I sang all the songs in my head like it was all gravy." You don't remember that at all? I don't. I'm God, sorry. Uh, Damn it. I don't know what happened. I'm gonna bathroom uh, break probably maybe <laughs> a six minute bathroom break. <laughs> um, Another scene that I really like, I don't know why, but um, the beer scene. Yes. Yes. Where he like the got to feel like free men again. Mm-hmm. And then he buys and like gets small beers. Yeah. I don't know why I enjoy the that balls scene. in that man too. Yeah. To yeah. actually go to the. This man's about to have an accident. Yeah. So super good line from from the captain. Yeah. Um. Do you trust your wife, Captain Hadley? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, yeah, he just, I mean, his whole story throughout the movie, I feel like the, the main character is actually Morgan Freeman, and he's just telling the story of Andy, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of a disconnect there for um, 
for the viewer because it doesn't seem like it's Morgan Freeman's character, but he has his own character development through the story too because at first Morgan Freeman's character is just the same as everybody else in the yard betting on who's going to be the first one to cry. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the movie, he's he tells the correctional officer, I don't give a fuck what you do with me. Like, let me go, keep me here. It doesn't change mm-hmm. anything. You guys are just, you know, making up words to fill your suits right. and da-da-da. I really like that line. It just shows, like, the change in character that he's made as well. Yeah. Brooks' scene was just... Yeah, Brooks' scene's uh, fucking rough. Do you remember Brooks? Which was that one? That's the old man who who had the guy by the oh, neck. Oh yes. Um, yeah, the and old librarian. The real world. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's that's, tough. that's oh, that dialogue. That that narration is so haunting because yeah. you hear it at first and and like once you've seen the movie a couple of times, you know at the beginning of the story it's the same writing that is at the end. Yeah. So like you're you're already heartbroken from the start when he says like the world's got itself in this big damn hurry and it's like damn old dude just needed a hug like yeah it sucked. Well, it's just like. I th- I'm not saying that Shawshank might have been the first per- like thing to do it, but I'm assuming since it's like 1994. But like, not a lot of people talk about like how when people leave prison, it's ten times harder to yeah because like, you to find a job. People and, not are not gonna hire you yeah. to get a, your own house and everything. Yeah, they did a super good job yeah. in this movie to to make prisoners seem like real people. Yeah, especially somebody who's like did their their entire sentence yeah. and they're like old now because they did it with um with Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, uh, with one of the characters, but she was still pretty young. Yeah, and she she just came back to prison, I think, if I remember. Spoilers, people. Oh, yeah, well, nobody cares about Orange Is the New Black anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen I'm, it, but I'm still watching it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, I think that that scene was just yeah brutal. Morgan, Morgan Freeman even says it though. He goes, "Brooks, like in here, he was an important man. He was a learned man, and out there, he's nobody. He can't even get a library card. Like it's yeah. such a good dialogue between the whole group." And the guy who he had the neck or the knife against his throat still harboring like that little bit of hate. Yeah. And when they get the letter, it's like make sure to apologize to so and so for mm-hmm. for trying to hold him up. And even back then, because like he says, like oh, when I was a kid, I only like I saw, I saw one, one, one automobile. Car yeah. Ever and then like went to prison, come back out, and like the streets are just yeah. filled with them. Like, just imagine like like yeah going through that. Like I don't know. It's a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, they really did a, a good job of trying to humanize prisoners. Um, I thought the the library stuff was cool, but moving on. Um, soundtrack, I really like. Is there any funny moments, scary moments you want to bring up? Funny moments. Is there any funny? Well, I guess you mentioned the beer scene. That's a, that's a, that's a good moment. I don't think yeah. I, I see any funny moments in this movie. It was pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Pretty tough. Yeah. Was, I think well, I was gonna say one. Of, I think one of the just a really funny moment was the, the record scene where he plays the music for the entire. It's more of like the movie doesn't have like laugh out loud funny, but it has like smirks where you're like, yeah, yeah. I feel that moment. Like I'm happy for that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I would say like when the the crescendo at the end of the movie where he finally gets out and he rips all his his attire off like mm-hmm. his prison wear. And he, like the the music really turns on. And he just sits there, like arms up in the air. Yeah. Like that moment is really good. There's a funny scene where where they're building the library, and then like they're going through all the books to put him in the oh the yeah system. Yeah, Dumas. Dumas, there you go. <laughs> He's like dumbass. Franklin, dumbass. <laughs> it's Dumas. No, it's dumbass. It's dumbass. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> um, cast overall, how do you feel about it, producer? Um. I really enjoyed, like, I like them. I think... I love the word. Morgan warden. Freeman was very, was, like, one of the perfect parts of the whole movie. Uh, 
whoever played Brooks was also yeah the old guy also really great so no way he's still alive it's such a small role because you, you kind of see him go from like this really calm person mm-hmm. to when he finds out that he's going to be released mm-hmm. to like going crazy and um, and then just seeing him out on the streets being sad. Oh, well, yeah, even like the first time you see Brooks on screen is when Andy's sitting there eating and he finds the maggot in his food mm-hmm. and Brooks asks him, are you going to eat that? And Andy's yeah. look is just like, you're not going to eat it, are you? What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Like, and he gives it to him and his bird's name was like Jack, I think. Yeah. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, and, and even... even um, Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. kind of just playing that, like, I think they were trying to allude that, that maybe he had done it, or maybe he, he hadn't, mm-hmm. so you kind of, I kind of, I quite, I like, questioned it a few times, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know, I liked it. Cast, you're good? Everybody was fine? Yeah. Just okay? I mean, yeah, I'm, this movie wouldn't be without Morgan Freeman, though, I think. Oh, yeah, If 100%. it wasn't for, if anybody else... This movie would have been just okay. Imagine if they had, like, I don't know, any other character in there. You need a character that's respected in that role yeah. to play Red. Uh-huh. And somebody that's calm that yeah. can... Yeah. Um, any plot holes other than the warden never noticing the hole in the, the wall for fucking 20 fucking years? Hole. Nobody took the poster off? Mm-hmm. That was a little bit annoying. Yeah. But, you know, movie well, magic. I, I, I guess, I guess, if, if you're doing their taxes, they're going to leave you... They're going to have you have posters or whatever you want on your cell. Yeah. But they toss the cells all the time. It just seems like too much of dumb luck that it never got found yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I did like the scene. Um, the warden comes in to toss his cell. It was like the first time, right out this the first poster on the wall. The warden comes in and tosses the cell and takes it takes Andy's Bible. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's just like quoting lines and Andy's repeating them back like no problem. Andy's mm-hmm. a smart guy, so it's not that not that lapse of judgment or lapse of believability. But the warden almost walks away with the Bible with the, mm-hmm. the rock hammer inside of it. And he's like, oh, I don't want you to forget this and slides it through the, the hole. I just find that really funny that he was literally holding the rock hammer and didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Goldblum Awards. We all said it. Yeah. Morgan Thank Freeman. Yeah. Super good. It's, is he super good, though? Take a lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So... As for the decision, what was your rating for Rain Man the first time you watched it? Probably an 8. Okay. And then upon further review? 9. Okay, solid. For me, I've only watched Rain Man once, and I like you giving an 8. Solid. Um, I really like the story in Rain Man a lot. Uh, one movie or one TV show that I thought about a lot when I was watching Rain Man was that mo- that show Parenthood. I don't know if any of you guys ever watched it. It was on like NBC for a few years. Is um, Ryan or Ron Howard did the like produced the whole show, and it's just about this like group of family members. But there's one boy in the family who's very clearly autistic, mm-hmm. and they try to find hobbies for him that he'll that he'll like grow into and like. And the kid eventually really gets into photography because he likes everything being perfect and he can control that one moment. Mm-hmm. So that storyline to me is very similar. Like the autistic brain set is like how I was trying to see Dustin Hoffman's character mm-hmm. and how everything has to be a certain type of way or for him to be comfortable comfortable and to be happy. Um, you know, just more of a tr- tragedy of people who have that, that disease going on in their head. Um, so first viewing for Shawshank was a few years ago. What's your rating on that? Probably a seven. Damn. Yeah. And then upon review? Uh, keep it the same. Seven. I don't think it's, 
I don't know. To me, it's the closest to a movie being perfect in cinema history. What makes it better than any other movie? What makes it better? Yeah, what what's um yeah, what what makes it It has everything you need in a movie to me. Okay. It so has, it has it rape has, oh, and it, and people in, in it has, prison. It has the character struggle starting in an impossible situation. Okay. And he comes out the other end a free man. Just like to simplify it, he literally is in the most impossible situation. He goes to jail for so a So is Mission Impossible he... for six of those times. So what really makes it a like give me the this is why I think this movie is better than any other movie out there. I would say Morgan Freeman in the movie is just from he's just like the perfect character in well, that's why I would nominate him for a gold boom in my mind, is that he's just so good as a character that every line he says, like I've said about Joker, like I've said about every other character who I love in movies, every line he says, there's a purpose behind it. You know what his meaning is. There's just He's very clear and concise, and I love him as a character. Um, the revenge that, that Andy gets to have without being you know, evil... He's just getting back at people for, who were already wrong. Mm-hmm. He wasn't vengeful. He wasn't sick. He wasn't twisted about it. He just, you know, made people pay for the crimes that they committed to him, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a good overall story. Okay. And I'm just saying this because I remember I, uh, I put out a tweet on the Bracket Podcast asking for people's favorite movie. And I saw another person put the Shawshank, and I'm like, is there something really that I'm missing? Because I, I think I, I, I think the movie's great. Don't get me wrong. I, I know the movie's it's it's, in my it's top gold. 10. I just I just don't think it would be in my even top twenty if, yeah. if I'm if I'm It's the beauty of movies. Everybody gets to view it from their own way. So yeah. in your mind, Rain Man is like one of your top ten movies of all time. Yeah. And in my mind, Shawshank is clearly one of my top five movies. Okay. Like like I've said a few times the Facebook thing where you post a movie a day, there was no way Shawshank was not gonna be on that list for me. Just how I feel about the movie. It's I can turn it on at any point of the movie and, and just watch it from that point and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the glories of being a two hour and 22 minute movie is that it's so long you can get in at any moment and still feel like you haven't missed a beat. It's just a very concise journey and having Morgan Freeman narrate it, it's just perfect. So first time viewing it, I would say 8.2 to 8.3. And you know now it's upwards of 9.5 for me. Okay. Producer, you haven't seen Rain Man and you... Just Yay. watched Shawshank last week, so we are going <laughs> to have a continuation it. of this episode. Yeah, winner will be announced next episode. First thing, I wonder first if we time in Bracket history. Should we start doing that? I wonder if maybe you can start taking. No, because it's a terrible idea. Why? Because you want every episode to be clear and concise and, and I guess focused. So. Especially if we're trying to be the best bracket podcast imagine out if, there. Imagine if you're listening to episode yeah. twenty. And well, it's, and it's the only bracket podcast out there. The only one that matters. There's no, the only, there's no other one. Moving on. Okay. Let's talk it out. The presidential alert. He texted me. And it said, literally at the bottom of the screen, no action needed. Why did you text me? I didn't get a text. I think he's just trying to hack our phones, if I'm being honest. He's trolling us. No, he's not trolling he's us. 100% he's 100% trolling. He's, he's, he's the best internet troll of all time. I would leave that to the bracket podcast, but whatever. He's gonna start sending us prank phone calls. Like is your refrigerator? Right? I I don't disagree with the idea, and it, it might be just that Trump did it, but I mean, if we get if if we get, um, there's zero need if, for it. 
zero need? There's absolutely zero need because your phone already gets Amber Alerts in your city when there's a kid missing. Your phone already gets weather alerts. So what happened if we get hit by North Korea and we have seven minutes to react? Then the city's going to be the one who tells us. What about if it's you take it serious because it's it's a it's a country thing. The, the problem with I that don't is, disagree with with the, the with the don't let me forget the this United thought. States being being able to alert you of something. I don't disagree with that. I do disagree with a lot of things of maybe you know tracing your calls and all that. I obviously nobody wants to get their fault their text and their you know, but I don't disagree with with being able to be connected with your with your country all right the only problem with that is and i want to say it's hawaii but don't hold me to it there was a a bombing alert last summer uh-huh, where I remember it said that. there's a, a bomb headed to your area mm-hmm. and it was a fake alert it was a, a, a not a prank but it was a missed alert Dumb somebody fucked up Dumb. i don't i don't know but i'm saying if, if there the, was there was one guy in charge all he had to do was press one button to be like the, just like re- shut the cycle off or whatever it is yeah and he accidentally pressed the wrong button. He only had two options. One and two. The, the You had one job type of guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he literally hit the wrong one and then sent out a mass so text saying that there was a... a the problem with that is, is if the president has that ability, that's one more person who has a, you have one job, job. <laughs> and it's a possibility that somebody's going to have the same mess up happen and we're not going to react appropriately because we're going to immediately turn it either political or we're going to turn it into maybe it's another fake and it's just it, it's another possibility for flaw i mean everything's a possibility for flaw not an amber alert the city's in charge of amber alerts here's the here's what the kid looks like here's what the car they left in amber alert goes off to everybody's phone your phone starts being all out mm-hmm. do the same exact thing when there's a weather emergency do the same exact thing if there's a, a threat of terrorism what was the last amber alert I get one at least once a week around here. What? Maybe not once a week, once a month, let's say. I've gotten two Amber Alerts Maybe on this phone line. I've had this phone for six years. All right, well, I get them a lot more. Maybe because you're white. Yeah. Um, it's really racist. Anyways. <laughs> DC on? movie news. Uh, the, Aquaman the Aquaman trailer. Oh, my God. So. It's I'm gonna, so I'm bad. I'm going to say in front, I didn't watch the trailer because I, I just don't like watching trailers anymore. And I heard this one gives away the whole movie, so I have zero chance of watching it now. It's, it was just... I remember the, the Justice League trailer was bad because they they, intru- they showed Doomsday at the very end. That was Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> They're all bad. You're um, bad. <laughs> I didn't mind Batman me Superman. I just yeah. watched it again. I was telling him. Yeah. I watched the four-hour version. It's fucking fantastic. I don't know about fucking fantastic, dude. It's such but, a good movie. Uh, Anyways, I'll get into that. Okay, so but. so the, uh, let me just get this clear. The guy that thinks Batman v Superman is super fantastic thinks Shawshanks. Oh my god. Same way. Just putting it out there. Anyways, Aquaman trailer was really bad. I don't agree with the direction they were going with that. It's like a little side. Thing I just did. You're wrong in every movie debate we've had. Okay, everyone. <laughs> um, there is a scene where they like where they're trying to enter Atlantis, and it's like a good three minutes. That sounds fun. What's the problem? The trailer's like about five, minutes, five minutes, I think. Yeah. Okay. And it's like like a montage, and then it shows like this two minute clip of them like, oh, this is how you get into Atlantis, and I'm like, okay, when is it gonna cut off? 
mm-hmm. and go up to the next thing, and it's like a two minute it's long just keeps scene. Going. I, I I already don't like the connection between Aquaman and whoever that redheaded girl, and I Amber, just seen uh, Mara. I yes. And I've just seen them from the trailer, and I just don't feel like they actually connect. Maybe it's just from the clips we saw, yeah. but for me, I just it, it didn't it didn't feel like like they were even in a relationship. I, you know, another thing they're kind of streaming. Yeah. At the very end of the movie, they show a big action scene, uh-huh. and you think they'll oh they're gonna cut it off here. No, they should pretty they much keep show going. Me. Yeah, and it's a good fucking action scene. It's a, like the way they shot it and like the way it was moving. I'm like, that's a freaking dope-ass action scene. Mm-hmm. But now I saw it, so I don't have to see the movie. Yep. And that's the same thing with Marvel. They always do that, too. They show the biggest fight scenes, and then I'm not I'm not yeah. happy about it anymore. Mortal Engines just did that, too, not to change the subject too far, but Mortal Engines has, like, a three-minute trailer out right now, and I got super excited because, like, the first 45 seconds of the trailer is very, very good. Yeah. I call my wife and, like, hey, come watch this trailer, and I restart the trailer, and it plays for three minutes, and it shows the entire fucking beginning, middle, and end of the movie. I was like, I, I already regret watching this. Mm-hmm. Not that the movie looked great, but it's just like yeah. the trailers. It's the biggest complaint right now online is that yeah. trailers give away the entire story. And um, they also showed his original costume. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. That sounds pretty cool, actually. It, yeah, it looks look, cool. But I don't. Like, I didn't think it looked cool at all. I think it looked like shit. What do you like though? Not gay Aquaman costumes. What do you like? He looked like Barnacle Boy. Yes, or, he did. Uh, yeah, no, he uh, did. Mermaid Man. Sorry. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean. I don't think I'm gonna go see that. I might wait. Neither till, do I. DVD. I have a I, life, so I'm seeing it. I had a, I had a lot of hopes for Aquaman. Jason Momoa, yeah. Momoa Mondays. Yeah, and I just, I can't. I, I thought it was gonna be a better movie, and the trailer just turned me off. Here's the thing: the last, I have zero expectations for DC, so I've already been anticipating a shit movie. The last, tra- I enjoyed the last trailer. I was like, I might see this yeah, movie. Yeah, it was a little theater. more vague. I hated that trailer. You, I honestly did. Oh, you would fucking hate this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not excited. Mantis or whatever that uh, villain brother. look kind of yeah. looks cool. I yeah. thought that looked kind of dope, but besides that, I don't I don't really think like, anything else. Like I said at the in, in the trailer, you kind of see the the big big action scene, mm-hmm. so it kind of ruined it. So, back to DC movies. I figured out a flaw and I texted it to the the bracket boys last night. The DC universe cannot make a good movie because they can't focus on one character. Because I'm watching Batman versus Superman, and not only were they focused on Superman's arc of hearing everybody screams, not knowing who to save, saving everybody and dying, they've also they were also focusing on Batman and his struggle with his parents, and Batman's struggle with giving up on humanity, and then Batman being believing back in humanity, and you're also focusing on Amy Adams' character and Lawrence Fishburne's character and Diane Lane's character. If you yeah. would have focused Batman vs. Superman on two characters and not had Gal Gadot's storyline in there, yeah. Batman vs. Superman could have been excellent. The one thing that you can say about other superhero movies, they might be predictable, but at least they're focused. Yeah. Well, if we're, we have to compare it to the, the Marvel no, you Universe. Oh, I was going to say, I was gonna say Dark Knight. Oh. No, we have to compare it to the Marvel <laughs> Universe because it's the only other franchise that's putting all these movies together. Mm-hmm. And I like, like you said... With Batman vs Superman, it, it kind of feels like, well, first of all, it's the first introduction of Batman in this universe, so you kind of have to set up his his story. His, and they rushed it. Yes. And it annoyed me. But it feels like a Batman movie combined with a Superman two movie. Yep. So and then they just they just called it Superman versus and Batman versus and there was Superman. a lot of Wonder Woman, a, way too much Jesse Eisenberg, way too much uh, Lois Lane. 
The it was thing trying is, to be six different movies. And then same well, thing with Justice League. Marvel had, Justice League's worse. Marvel I, had ten years to build a universe, and and DC is is trying to rush it and trying to trying to be there um, right next to Marvel, and it's 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 impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're noticing. You're noticing a lot of characters being thrown in a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. and then expect them to stick. And it's just it's not gonna happen. So and and if I if I really think we're probably not gonna see a decent DC movie if they even keep this cast for another five years. You know what's a problem though too is that Lawrence Fishburne got more screen time in Batman versus Superman than Agent Coulson got in any of the Marvel movies. And Agent Coulson's a fucking pinnacle character in that universe. And they gave Lawrence Fishburne fucking every line in the book to get out there and yell at Lois Lane or yell at uh, Clark Kent. And it was just so frustrating. Like, you're focusing your time in the wrong areas in these movies. Because if you just think about Superman's arc in Batman vs. Superman, it's fucking fantastic. And Batman as well. He started off hating everybody, branding people. And now, at the end of the movie, he's willing to unite everybody to try to save the world. But you have all these other side characters who are, like, not even B-listers. They're, like, fucking D-listers in the back of the bus getting lines for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it's Aven- so frustrating. That's what I liked about Avengers. They got rid of all the side characters, yeah. and it was like, let's just focus on the superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I watched. I started watching Justice League last night. Batman vs Superman takes shits on Justice League. That movie's so bad, and I didn't mind Justice League when I first saw it. But the first hour that I watched last night is so bad. Yeah. Because you're trying to grab every fucking character out of nowhere. The only scene I like from uh, Justice League is the beginning part mm-hmm. where Batman is on t- on the roofs of Gotham. I don't know why I, th- I think that scene looks so beautiful. I hate whole, it. I think it's just it's the coloration is terrible. I hate it. Oh really? Yeah. I love it. It looks like it looks like they're trying to pull out, pull back Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> I just I think Zack Schneider is a very good visual visual director. I think well, he should stick more to cinematography. Well, it, than the, the thing is too is that the the art in DC compared to the art in in, in Marvel is so different. Where Marvel is owned by Sony and they're so colorful, they're so they're so nice that they just look cool. While DC is more of a darker thing, and their movies kind of if they're if you're trying to resemble a, a comic book, you kind of have to go with a darker tone and I, something that you just can't pull it off if you're just telling your little jokes or if you have, you know. Well, it's Zack Snyder's fault for trying to make it all three hundred lighting. Everything yeah, everything's a green is, screen like have foggy you seen behind a DC, them. It's terrible. Have you seen a DC comic book? No, I that's all it is. Well, well, that's all say, it is. I was gonna say with Marvel, it's them more like, of like marketing and trying to sell to like, pe- like to people mm-hmm. by giving bright like bright colors, making them not so dark, having that humor. There's a lot of humor in Justice League's hilarious. Marvel, no, not Justice League. No, but it is. <laughs> but like, it's just Marvel's a lot of pandering. Whereas DC, it's like, let's try to stick to the comic books. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of faults in trying to... Cause comic, book, comic book stories, if don't directly go well as a movie. Speaking and, of and comic like, book stories that didn't go well as movies, how was Venom? <laughs> Before we get to Venom, um, another thing why it's not so relatable, it's because Marvel is based in New York City, or at least for some of these movies, which is a place you know... Where all of these movies, you kind of just have to make cities like Metropolis and, and Gotham and stuff like that. So to make another whole city and make it make it different, make it a, a shitty, but you know, Metropolis. Uh, you know, it, it's harder than just to throw a bunch of heroes in New York City and it's like, hey, I know that place. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, there's a true. lot of more more speed bumps through a DC um, that it has to go through that that Marvel doesn't really have it. You know. I don't think that's a problem because you could throw DC in in Detroit or somewhere that we you don't can't. recognize. You can't the city. throw DC in Detroit Why? because they have their they film their universe. The Dark Knight in Pittsburgh. 
I understand, but they they don't have they 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 have their own cities. You can't just say, hey, but Batman's Gotham's, in Detroit. But Do- but no, not Detroit itself. But Gotham City was filmed in Pittsburgh, in The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight was filmed within like Chicago and like New York. There's a lot of mixtures of different cities put together to kind of right. But what they did do in Dark Knight, whether it's Pittsburgh or Detroit, it doesn't really matter. They use a real city. They yeah. didn't use foggy green screen that Zack Snyder used in the DC universe. Yeah, that's the problem I have with watching those movies because everything's fake in the background, so you know they're all just chilling on a green screen, which is fine on Titan in in Avengers three because you know you're on a false planet. But if you're playing like you're supposed to be on you know Earth ish, I should be able to recognize something in the background that's not green screen. A lot of I think I can't remember. Never mind. I'm not gonna bring up that point. Anyways, Venom. 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 So. I said at first that Venom first trailer was dog shit. I called this movie was shit. Nobody wanted to believe me. The movie's terrible. I heard it from Harim. You heard it from It has okay. to be true. I, uh, okay. No, I haven't seen it, so I'm okay. just, yeah. I'm the only one that's not. I didn't see it. I'm I just think, saying it's terrible. I went into this movie with very, very low expectations. Really? Even before the reviews came out. Because I was like, I've never wanted to see a movie, like a full-blown movie about Venom. I would That's have loved to seen a movie with Spider-Man versus Venom. That would have been cool. But I've never, like, to stab Topher him. Grace gets to play Venom. It might be fun. <laughs> but to have Venom as the main character, mm-hmm. I was I was just like, eh, I'm pro- most likely not going to be good. I think with me having those low expectations, the movie was a little bit better for me. That's how I like to go into movies. Because Super low expectations. <laughs> because it does not take itself serious. When you have Venom as the comic relief... Oof. Then it's like okay, it's mm-hmm. not taking itself seriously at all. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a very quick movie. It's how it's, long is it? Do you know? I don't know how long it runs for, but once once you get Venom like on screen, it takes a while for Venom to get on screen. But once he does, the movie is like goes really quick and is done by the time. You well, that's good because at least you don't feel like it's dragging. Yeah, which it's a it's a Man big problem. problem. Yeah, yeah, and. And I'm, it's, well, it's a PG thirteen. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's a PG thirteen movie, so I don't think you really want to have a bunch of thirteen year olds in there for like two hours and a half for a movie that they might not even care about. Yeah. So, sorry. I think it was just Sony just trying to make cash because the only thing that they have right now is Spider Man, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to make some sort of money back. Trying to be in that. They, in that they were trying to do all the right moves, casting Tom Hardy in the role. They got Michelle Williams, who's a great actress. Yeah. Riz Ahmed's not a bad actor, um, but to me, Tom Hardy is James Bond. Tom Hardy's not the bad guy. Tom Hardy's supposed to be playing the cool, like suave guy. Inception. He was the coolest fucking guy ever. That's one role. I don't think. But he's I... never played a good badass to me. In this movie, he was he was like the nerdy white guy. Yeah, you kind of like really tell it was like i don't believe that the guy who played bane can also play the nerdy white guy well what's Sorry. that what's that movie in uh, where tom hardy is the kickboxing movie bronson he's the antagonist oh, oh, uh, and he, he kills fighter? that role i don't is it called the fighter no that's the one with, with mark Wahlberg. that's called uh warrior warrior yes yeah. and he he plays the he plays the antagonist on that and he he kills that I'd but love he's playing a real movie. person in that movie He's playing like a brother, like he's playing a relatable character, like the either the younger brother who's the asshole or the younger brother who's the fighter. Like you've never been taken over by symbiotes. <laughs> I mean, not this week. Okay, nice. Um, I did get texted by the president though. Same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, he starts out 
Oh, as is this guy who's like, like I want to report everything. Once he gets Venom, he's just kind of like this wimpy, really kind of dude. And Venom points it out, which is kind of a weird thing. Calls mm-hmm. him a loser. He's like, you're a loser in this planet. And I'm like, like I said, Venom's a comic relief in this movie, so. <laughs> so gross. So I would suggest a matinee if you want to go to see the, <laughs> the $7 show. Go in the morning. Like, okay. If you just get up early. Probably what I was going to do regardless, yeah. yeah. Get up super early on the weekend. Have brunch. <laughs> then go see the movie. I have some Denny's. So. Well, actually, I would probably see the movie and then have brunch because yeah. I don't want to, yeah. But it's like, literally like, turn off your brain. Don't. It's like a good drunk movie. Honestly, don't it, yeah. Don't even think about like the. Science of it. Yeah. Because you're just going to beat yourself up about it. But it's yeah. a fun movie. If you... For anybody that's watching, what would you rate it? Oh, boy. There was an uh, there was an audible like almost throw up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Um, we'll call that the rating. Almost threw up in my mouth. Fuck. Uh, I would give it a five. The literal okay. rotten on tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I would give, yeah I would definitely give it a five. Better than Suicide Squad. That's oh. a good question. That's a good bad movie to reference it to. Yeah, because I Suicide give Suicide not that bad. I give Suicide. I give Suicide Squad like a two. (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) You guys are such haters. I fucking hate that movie. Movie's so bad. It's not that Um, bad. I've never. I've never been. Okay. I've never been. I've gone to so many movies in in theaters, and I've never walked out. I've only walked out of two movies. You just said you never walked out. Wait, actually. Oh boy. Four movies. And Suicide Squad was one of them. Suicide Squad. Batman vs Superman. Justice you walked League. out of okay. Now that's no, I didn't walk out. He's a DC but I, hater. Okay, I left disappointed. Okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. But Suicide Squad, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, and The Greatest Showman. Those are the movies you left disappointed. Yeah. Other movies, I'm always I'm always like, oh, that was I like yep. this part of the mm-hmm. so, movie. So it wasn't that good, but I like. So you this. had high expectations and left unimpressed after Batman vs. Superman. You came back for Justice League again with high expectations and left disappointed. And then Suicide Squad no, no, goes, no, they're going to fool me on this one. I better come in with high expectations. <laughs> no, 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 no. I came in with high expectations for Suicide Squad. Why? Because, the trailers were, because trailers Will Smith shit. and Harley Quinn? I thought they were going to do a good idea, a good job. I th- I, me too. I thought I thought Will Smith was going to kill it, especially when he they did. Yeah. <sighs> he was the best character in that movie. Yeah, by far. Uh, but I will say that I... It's not, not even close. Harley Quinn was the best character. She was shit. Take a lie. I didn't like her character. She had three different accents. <sighs> I went in with low expectations for Justice League, and I still left disappointed. So... Keep it, keep it real, too, with Harley Quinn. Not to harbor onto her. She's a hot blonde chick playing a hot blonde chick. All she has to do is be hot. I didn't like... Um, I felt like her character, like, she was trying too hard. I I, I I liked it more. I liked it more than Will Smith and me being a Will Smith fan. I just didn't really find a, a something about about his character. Yeah, he was funny, but at least at least Harley Quinn made me laugh in a couple scenes where everything else you were just very confused about what happened and why somebody just got their head um, exploded. I think we've talked about Suicide Squad at least four times on this podcast already. I, here's the thing. If everybody was going around saying Suicide Squad is the best movie ever the way they're doing Avengers 3, yeah, I'll say Suicide Squad isn't that good. But if everybody's going to give it ratings of 2 overall out of 10, I'm going to say it's not that bad either. It's somewhere in the middle. It's really bad, Rich. Okay. I'm sorry. And then The Mandalorian, <laughs> we'll go real quick on this. Jon Favreau directed Iron Man. He directed Iron Man 2. He's one of the one of my favorite actors and directors in Hollywood, and he's doing a show about The Mandalorian. Fingers crossed it's about Mandalore, but who knows. 
It's after episode six, so it's somewhere after the second Death Star has been exploded. It's going to be fucking fantastic. It's going to be a movie that's ten episodes long for Star Wars. It's going to be awesome. Sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. We can agree I'm on that. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited because I'm hoping there's not like no direct in, like um, correlation to Skywalker. Skywalker. Yes, I agree. I kind of want. I just really want to watch a Star Wars movie With, without something be... like that. Preach to the choir, bro. <laughs> but can you though when he destroys the Death Star like... well Luke will be away doing his Jedi Academy Leia will be in charge of the New Republic so there will be a touch so there will be a whisper there, be some, of yeah. the New Republic you'll never see a Skywalker on scene you might see Leia on like a hologram on like a TV like I'm in charge now this is the New Republic it's going to be completely under the radar he's either going to be a bounty hunter or he's going to be like a warrior on a mission to kill somebody like one of those type of jobs but Mandalorians are one of like the untapped potential for most non like sweaty Star Wars fans so like you know who Boba Fett is because of his costume mm -hmm. but he's not even a Mandalorian he just stole the costume so like Mandalore is like this wonderful untapped potential that they can get into with this story I like it I like that they're moving away from movies and trying to give you a a bigger story told by by shows that's that's a good uh, by the way rumor is Oberyn Martell from Game of Thrones is playing that Mandalorian Okay. The guy who played the spider, or the the snake, the, the viper, the viper, the viper. Okay. Yeah. No, I know who you're. You remember about. that producer? No. Oberyn. He was the one who fought the mountain with the long staff, and he got his eyes gouged out. Oh. He's rumor from is he's been Narcos. Be, yeah, he's on Narcos too. Oh. He's, from Narcos. Rumor is he's playing the Mandalorian. That's dope. I'm super dope. That's dope. I like yeah, that. I guess a super good actor. Yeah. Granted, he's probably gonna be in the helmet most of the time. If not, he's just gonna look like a badass. Yeah. But it's it's got some untapped potential we haven't seen yet, and at least it's a story that's. That's not going to get on anybody's nerves because nobody has any expectations that can be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm so sick of the, the Star Wars hate. I just want it to be happy again. I want Episode Seven's happiness again. Remember, remember Episode happen. 7 when the biggest complaint was it was kind of like Episode 4? That was like the biggest <laughs> complaint for like two years. And now and there's came. this. And now came episode eight and I was gonna say, got bigger complaints. There was a lot of complaints for Rogue One than eight, and then a lot for for Han Solo. What was the complaints of Rogue One? That's the only movie that just a lot of people were saying it was unnecessary. Like they were like, we shouldn't like it should have just not been made. Which I, I kind of disagree. I, I really loved it. I loved Rogue One just uh, because it gives a, you a very good standalone a, story, a different point of view of something that you've already seen, and yeah. ties a lot of plot holes from mm -hmm. the other movie too. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, because all the other movies are all the other Star Wars movies are basically about the, uh, the Skywalker, mm -hmm. whereas this one is like, yeah, Darth Vader's in it, but to the very end and everything else is just like it just grows the universe too to have stories like that where there's it's not just about three people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, first Mexican in the. In the Star Wars, the Star universe, Wars? Mm -hmm. yeah, which I'm happy about. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, what was um not to try to prove you wrong, but what was the ethnicity of um oh, of the guy in the in that in that water place where where I know what you're talking about was he was he Latino? What water place? Where he, he was the one that are you talking about the, the where they made all the clones out of episode two? Oh right, uh, that's Django Fett. I don't know what he's. Oh, Django Fett. He looked brown. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag racism. I thought you were going to talk about the um, the guy who took That was Camino, uh, by the way. The, I forgot his name. Who took Leia? Yeah, when she was born. Oh, the, Jimmy Smits? I think he's a... He's Cuban. He's from Cuban? Cuba. Oh, yeah. okay, so... Yes. I know, because he's in Dexter. 
Jimmy Smences? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so first Cuban, and then Diego was the Diego first, Luna was the first Mexican. Star Wars universe. Okay. Yeah, he was very good. Diego Luna was. Oh, he uh, killed, yeah. Him and K2 were my favorite characters in that movie by far. I'm so bummed they killed K2 so in that movie. Yeah. Spoilers, but who cares? Okay. Pour, else? pour out for K2. <laughs> we have beers right now. <laughs> it's 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right, that was it for the bracket. What's up for next week? Oh, next fight. Holy shit, I completely forgot. Next fight. Producer didn't watch the movie. Didn't play <laughs> next fight. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did. We don't have a winner for the, what, episode nineteen. <laughs> episode eighteen is this going is great, the last guys. episode. Um, <laughs> no, I, I did. I did have the the movie. I just forgot we were supposed to say after we finished the other fight. But since we never actually got a winner, um, suspense. <laughs> so the next fight will be X Men First Class versus I love it Guardians already. of the Galaxy. Are we gonna have a guest for this one? Because this is a very favoritism episode. We can. I'm. I'm going to say it right now. I don't want to choose. Oh, shit. You don't want to choose? Because... Initial thoughts of both these. X-Men First Class is by far and away my favorite X-Men movie. Better than Guardians? X-Men movie? X-Men First Class? And then Guardians. First Guardians? Yeah. X-Men First Class is by far and away my okay. favorite X-Men movie. X-Men oh, movie. X-Men movie. <laughs> I had to say it twice. Uh, and I always forget I lo- the, the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy. That, that honestly sold me when I yeah, first went to go too. see it. Me too. Yeah. I was always like, oh yeah, opening scene to Guardians this. is gold. I was like, I'm never gonna watch yeah. this movie. And I remember my friend. All the credit to Tyler me, Bates. My the, friend called the, me and was producer, like, hey, music. have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? I was <laughs> have like, you seen no. this first scene of Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the rest of the movie, you're good. Yeah, Guardians has a lot of great scenes in it too. Um, it's gonna be a fun fight. Yeah, I thought you were gonna go really far <laughs> with this. I'm like, <laughs> and for our next match, <laughs> in the red corner. All right. all right, I'm Rich at Flippies All Day or at Rogue Jedi Rich on Twitter. Francisco at Just Cisco on Twitter and follow our bracket uh, Twitter at the bracket uh, bracket podcast at bracket podcast. If there's any other podcasts that have the at name, don't listen to those. Cause... Just kidding. We're here for love and we're just playing around. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean. Yeah. I like sandwiches, too. See you next week.